Hey podcast listeners, this is Kevin O'Connell, founder of The Niche Movement, uh, where we're looking to solve employment unhappiness and help you tell your story better. So if you got a chance, I had about a four and a half minute introduction to what this podcast is all about and why I'm doing this and what I hope to achieve. And like I said, this is really going to be predicated on um, some of my passions and, and things that I've experienced over the last seven, eight months, as well as uh, really my, my career journey since I graduated college in 2006, but uh, it really is predicated on you. Uh, I'd love to know what you want to talk about, uh, questions you want answered. So if it's career advice, career exploration, how to stand out, digital branding for yourself, if it's social media strategy, content creation, photo, video, branding, uh, you know, what's working well for some large organizations, what's not working. Um, Feed me those questions. Uh, I'm really looking to field as many questions and give you my um, frame of view and, and point of view as, as best as I can because I'm super passionate and interested and, um, and uh, ready to rock and roll here. So what we have in store here for episode two, I thought this was appropriate before I kind of go down the, the path of extending the story of the book and, and kind of going through that in episode three, four, and five is lessons learned from writing a book. Um, and for those of you that don't know me, um, I set out about a year ago, July of 2014, on a 30-day blogging challenge, uh, really to just inspire and tell the story of others that helped me uh, start to find my niche, um, from previous supervisors, friends, family, um, coworkers, work experience, personal experiences. And one thing led to another where uh, we built this fan base and this interest, and my wife was like, Kev, you need to turn this into a book. Um, and so we spent August running a Kickstarter campaign that was so uh, well received and we had 85 plus supporters um, and raised the money to literally self-publish this book and it just got released in uh, around June 18th of this past summer of 2015 and can't be happy enough with the, with the uh, excitement and encouragement and just the uh, readership. We've already had about 100 people uh, purchased the book and some universities actually looking to buy the buy the book for their student leaders and, and uh, alumni uh, associations. So um, what I want to talk about though today was lessons learned from writing a book and uh, aside from having the people that I might talk about here in the book and, and that I might talk about here in the podcast, this was a solo effort. Um, no big publisher, not a lot of money, not a lot of resources. This was literally the definition of bootstrapping. Um, and the toughest thing I, you know, I think about, and I'm going to talk about this probably in episode three, is um, trying to do this book while also launching your business. You know, I left Rutgers University in October, right around October 2014, and that's when I went all in on the digital storytelling business side. I uh, was fortunate enough to get a handful of clients and doing some great work for them right now. But in the meantime, I had this book that needed to be written with a deadline of February uh, 2015, which was only about five, six months. And so my first lesson here that I really want to communicate to any of you, and I know some of you out there uh, have expressed interest in writing books and you know, things like that, uh, my, first, my first lesson here that you really need to kind of take some time to think about is whatever deadline you have set for yourself, add another two to three months to that, at least. Um, so if you think you can curate or write or publish a book, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, whatever it might be, and you're doing this self-publishing, you know what, even if you're not, um, even if you're doing this and you've actually secured a publisher, add two to three months onto that deadline. Um, I would even recommend if you are working full time, that those, those three extra two to three to four months is gonna be crucial. Um, unless you're just solely have left your job or doing 
something that you're just solely writing, then I'd say maybe you can get a book out in five to six months, depending on the quality and what you're actually you know, researching and talking about. But I had this grand idea that, hey, uh, this will be no problem. I have what I thought half of my content written, and I would get into this, and by February we'd fulfill our Kickstarter orders. Um, well, that wasn't the case. Life happens um, between moving to Washington, D.C., that was a little bit of a hiccup, to then working to secure clients and make sure I had uh, an income and a living coming in, that was a big one. And, and the biggest part, I think, that kind of extended the life of this book is, um, I remember I've heard Simon Sinek talk about this, is there was more to tell, there was more to research, there was more people to interview. And so uh, interviewing the people that we've already interviewed from February 2013 to October of 2014, uh, as soon as I put this out there, there was more of our supporters and friends and family saying, oh, you got to interview Mike and Ann Howard from Honeytrack who quit their jobs and went on their honeymoon and traveled the world for two years. Or you have to meet... Uh, you know, Epa, who is a beer strategist now for Lagunitas out in San Francisco, and he went the traditional route, going to you know college and then getting a consulting job, but he somehow discovered his passion here in, in the craft beer world, and he has a great story. So, one thing led to another, where I spent you know hours here and there interviewing these amazing people from around the world and all walks of life, and that really was one reason why the deadline kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Um, the second lesson. I, I would really recommend is get as many people in your corner as possible. Um, I can't thank you know our graphic designer, my wife, uh, our many editors that are in the front of that book there. But get as many people in your corner and get them uh, to to read the book, even if it's short passages. Um, if it's you know you have your first half of the book written, or you have different pieces of content written, maybe they'll help you figure out a way to kind of. Uh, thread all of this together and that was one of my biggest difficult challenges in I think it was in the end of March right around Easter I had I had it I had it all written I had about 90% of the content written and I was so stressed and had a lot of anxiety because I still did not know the order and, and how to frame this together and luckily through talking with different people uh, and my wife's expertise of her doing some self-publishing with her former company uh, we were able to really put together the thread of this book but uh, it was those people that sat down and edited parts of the book, or even, to be honest, we had people like Nicole and Camille that actually cleaned up uh, part of this book as well, just, just for some wording, and it really tightened it up. So I can't thank those people enough, and that's my second lesson, is get some more people in your corner and get as many eyes on this. So this is an you know, this is a self-published book, so if you see errors in this book, that's why. Uh, you know, we still had many people look at it, but at the end of the day, there's so many people and there's so many eyes um, that you can look at it, but this was a really solid effort with a lot of people involved. Uh, the next thing, I mentioned this, is uh, a graph designer. Uh, I wanted a professional looking cover. I obviously was on a tight budget, but using the network of WeWork, which is, which is the community workspace that I work in here in DC, and some other contacts that we had, I put a call out to about three or four different graph designers, told them what my budget was. And uh, we, we got this great graph designer in New York City, Lilith Cashelin, and she worked with our budget and came up with a bunch of great designs. And the best thing is, you know, we were able to take my inspiration and her expertise and her design, and she was very thorough, and she gave me several drafts of different variations of the book. And again, I went back to my network and, and shared with about five people, hey, what do you think of this? What goes where? What color scheme works best? Um, and she was just great. And so I would say, scrounge together those couple hundred dollars, find a friend, find a family friend uh, that can come up with a professional looking 
cover and make sure that they understand the dimensions. Um, I'll talk about Amazon CreateSpace here in a second, but um, having something in a professional file uh, size right is very crucial, especially when it comes down to crunch time when you're ready to publish. Uh, the next thing is collect and curate um, as much as you can for the book. So, you know, there, when I thought I had enough research, my wife was like, Kev, you need more. And so I kept kind of collecting more and more research. But the, the one lesson here and the one tip is I have is when you start writing, you got to start putting in endnotes and citations. Start from literally one and go one, two, three, four, five and work your way all the way down. Um, I remember we had two halves of the book, chapters one through four and five through eight. And when we went to merge them together, all the citations got a little bit um, all over the place. And so luckily with some help, we were able to go, I think there was about 35 or 40 citations. We unfortunately we had to spend about an hour and go one by one and make sure they were all accurate in the document as well as in the citation and notes part at the end of the book. Um, so my two lessons here is collect and get more content, more research, more interviews, more things that you're thinking you're gonna need. Because uh, you're going to cut some stuff out. Um, but get the research because then you can always cut it out, but then make sure you go in one through, you know, consecutive order of endnoting them and not separate them in multiple documents. That'll be very tough at the end. Uh, the next thing is Google and Amazon are going to be your friend. If you're going through Amazon Create Spaces, which is where I published this book, um, they were your friend. Google, if you Google, how do I, you know, create a placeholder on Amazon, it tells you how to do it. Uh, how do I do pre-orders? Amazon, CreateSpace, and Google will tell you how to do it. Um, all the way down to the, the amazing thing is, and I don't think this was the case a couple years ago, Amazon actually has templates um, on you know five by seven books, six by eight, five and a half by eight and a half. I downloaded the size book that I wanted, and then it literally was formatted, uh, and I plugged in the different content. And you know that took about a half a day, but it was all right there. I didn't have to start from scratch. And then going back to the graph designer, I was able to tell Lilith, say, hey, the book is going to be about 100 50 to 180 pages. Looks like this is going to be the, uh, the, the paper width and this is going to be the bleeding areas and she knew what to do. Um, and within I think two tries uh, we submitted to Amazon within two tries it got accepted. So um, Google and Amazon were completely my friend and I would say to make sure you utilize the Amazon Create Space Network and all of their tutorials, resources. Um, and one other thing, don't buy a barcode. Amazon CreateSpace provides a barcode. So every book, uh, if you're looking to really sell it uh, officially, needs a barcode with an ISBN number. Amazon CreateSpace will give you that. Don't go to any third party. I think I wound up spending $25 on a barcode. Didn't even need it, didn't even use it. Um, the next thing here is market the book along the way. So uh, I think I still could have done a better job of this, but um, from interviewing all the people I just talked about in that book, I remember I would ask them for their headshot or I would tweet about them that I was interviewing them back, back in October, November, December. So literally, uh, so many more people are, are, want to find out what's going on behind the scenes. They are intrigued by the transparency that's happening with individuals, organizations, and brands. So the more that you can just get, out, get yourself out there and say, hey, this is exactly where I'm at in the process. This is exactly who I'm interviewing. This is exactly um, what I'm writing about right now. I remember I gave little teasers through my Instagram account, through Twitter. Um, so I think people really want to see that. Plus it shows progress. You're literally marketing the book and, and promoting it before it becomes live. Um, and the other thing is uh, share different you know, designs, you know, especially if you're, looking, if you're on a tighter budget than I was, put it out there and say, hey, for $50, we're looking for somebody to do the best cover design and here's the parameters. So uh, find ways to market the book um, beforehand. And the last thing is, um, really, you know, it goes back to I think my second point is 
have as many people surrounding you and supporting you as possible. Um, so when I actually went to fulfill the orders, I remember uh, we had about 80 people we had to ship the book off to, and I remember looking at about the first five or 10 or, t or 20 so people that I wanted to get the book in their hands first. Um, so I made sure that the, you know, the first 48 hours of the release, that those books got out to those people because I knew that they were gonna be the activators and supporters and promoters of this book, um, which literally now, about two weeks later, um, I can see on social media that so many other people are sharing it because um, it got talked about uh, through social media and through word of mouth and that's really helped us. So that's, that's just the biggest thing is keeping your fans and your supporters in your corner and, and, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, there were several times here in this process, I think as you can notice from my voice and, and from my story here, that this was a very tough process but the most rewarding process um, and project that I've had to date. And um, if I can ever help anybody that's looking to self-publish, even if it's a 10-pager, um, I'd be willing to help talk you guys through it. Again, there's a ton of resources out there. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please share your questions and thoughts. We're going to be kicking off episode three just in a few days here. So chime in with your questions. It could be about the niche movement, about the book, about entrepreneurship, disruptive leadership, whatever it might be. Um, please share your questions and I'll be sure to answer them in just a few days. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great day. Thanks.